If I don't got a lot of respect for a lot of guys from my past life, from the guys that left the life and the guys that are in the life, and people know why I say that. I just, a lot of them uh, are living off that, that life where we went past it, and we don't want to talk good about that life. It's part of our life, but it's, it's nothing good to pass on to another kid. But when someone's asking you about us, guys from the street talking about the life, who knows better than us, the streets? Who knows better than us, the drug business? Who knows better than us, the hustle? So we're giving you a true perspective from guys who are actually in, in that life and we're moving drugs and understand what, what's going on with the kids' mentalities. So, you know, when you get a politician talking about, they're clueless. They don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, they, they're guys, and that, that, you know, that's why I'm, you know, I'm happy the way I ended up growing up is my parents split up when I was in my early teenage years. And, like, you know, I went from my father was real successful at his business at that point of his life. So he was able to give me and my brother a really good childhood in a nice, rich development. So I grew up a lot of families that, you know, I, I don't want to speak rude because I still I mean, inter interact with a lot of them. Now they have kids my age and stuff like that, and they're great kids. They, they you know, but they didn't live the same life I did because when my parents split up, my father lived in a half a million dollar house and my mother lived in a house in the city that was worth probably $35,000. And I got thrown into the mix of living half in the city and half in the rich development. When I, when I was born, my parents didn't have any money, but as I got older, my dad was successful. I lived that high life for a little while, and then I started living the other side of it, going to visit my mom in the city, and, you know, wasn't the same people. So I got, I got the mixture of kind of both, so I appreciate both sides of the life. But, you know, to get back onto the fentanyl, um, you know, as everybody knows my story, you know, I, I'm going on sober four years now. Um, I was addicted highly to alcohol, and I dabbled with some club things back in the day. Um, but more alcohol was my thing. But the thing is, is everybody asked me, why did you, why'd you start a podcast? You know, like what, what got you into podcasting? What got me into podcasting was about two years ago when you had the John and Gene show, I couldn't get to meetings when I was first getting sober. I was a truck driver. I was going up and down the East coast working 18 hour days. I didn't know where I was going to end up at nighttime. So I'd be, you know, I watched you on, um, Valuetainment. I watched the John and Gene show. I started watching some of, you know, um, some of Michael's content. I started watching some all different inspirational content. And yours really stuck out to me and more or less kind of pushed me to where I'm at today to want to inspire others of change. And it's never too late for that change. Well, I think that, you know, when I first started the genre of the mafia on YouTube, nobody was talking about it because people were scared to talk about it. You know, I started talking about it, then you got every... Uh, different guy that would come in and start talking about the street, which they didn't understand the street. Three quarters of these guys talking about the street are just reading something. They're, they're whatever. They want to so-called call themselves some sort of journalist or whatever, a podcaster, but they never lived the street. They really didn't understand it. But I gave them the confidence not to be afraid to go out and do it. So when they started talking about the mob stuff, they talked about the perspective of glorifying it. I talk about it as the rat-infested mafia. The, and that starts off and, and with the history of Lucky Luciano who was got caught selling heroin and ratted. And these are facts of, of the mob. And then you have Albert Anastasia. And I spoke about this the other day about Reels when they threw him off out of the hotel window and flying out of the hotel window as a witness, a murder inc. Uh, Anastasia's best friend was Lepke. So Lepke went on a run and Albert Anastasia ratted him out. 
walk them right into the to that. So that's the real history of what goes on. And then you have the continuation for people that don't know of every mob boss that ratted. And I go from like and I've said this over. Joe Messina ratted, he wore a wire. Not too difficult to find out where he lives right now. I know where he is. But the Bonanno family does nothing about it. And then you got Sammy Gravano ratted. He stands in, in uh, Arizona. Everybody knows he's there. They do nothing about it. John Gotti Jr. ratted. They gave him a pass. He's out in Long Island because his father. So there's an excuse why these guys. So you want to be gangsters, but you don't want to go to jail. You just want to play the role as a gangster, but you don't really want to do anything. None of these guys have put pistols in their hand because they don't want to go to prison. They don't want to do the work. They just want to have the image and run around and tell people, or they want to be what I call, I always call myself a lion, right? Because I go against everybody. I stand alone. These guys are weak hyenas. They need 20 and 30 of them to feel they have balls. You'll never see one of them come up to you alone, ever. It's just because they're cowards. They don't really put in the work. So I try to show when I did my mob history, and I do the show, and I still do shows on the mob, but I don't do it on a perspective of, of speaking highly to the mob. I speak the truth. These guys never did no work. I was a very active guy that did a lot of work, and a lot of work by myself. These guys won't talk about that. Now, the bosses of the mafia right now have great lawyers, all of them. I don't, I'm not concerned about what the public thinks. They know exactly what I really did do. Because they, and I look at them and I just look at them as weak individuals that need groups and they have these little minions that run around and go get their car and clean their car and they want that image of the old mafia back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s without really performing. You know, most businesses you got to perform to be successful. This is the only thing you don't have to perform. You just got to get dressed up, run around with 10 guys, smoke a cigar, and pretend that you're a gangster. So you're a good actor is what, what goes on. So I don't have respect for him, and I, and I talk the way I talk. Hey, everybody, back at Sink or Swim, another episode. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Online Therapy. Try BetterHelp.com slash elite and get on your way to being your better self. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I always say, you know, there's no way, you know, the icons like back in the day, um, you know, like Don Carlo Gambino and uh, all some of the guys that went down in, in the greats, with the way technology is nowadays, nobody can pull off what was pulled off back in the day. And, you know, anybody that would want to get into that life right now, just it's, it's going to be a short-lived life. You're going to get caught. If they're going to do something, but they don't do anything. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these guys are running around and doing something dumb shit. Right? Everybody's a bookmaker. Everybody and their mother, every corner is a bookmaker because it's something serious. Uh, every guy that, you know, are doing something stupid with credit card frauds. But they're not gangsters like we were gangsters back in the day. When we were gangsters, that means if you really want to be a gangster, they got 15 rats in the Gambi in the uh, Bonanno family under Joe Messina. They all ratted. So where's the new Bonanno family leadership? Why isn't anybody doing anything while Vinnie Gorgeous got life in prison? Nobody gives a shit. Vinnie's gone. They don't do nothing. Their excuse is, oh, we, geez, we're, we're a little busy today. We have nothing to do. How come you didn't do your work and go get the guys that, that ratted? Why aren't you doing your work in, a, in the Gambino family and going after Sammy or John? What's your excuses? They got no excuses. This is why there is no mafia. The, the whole Colombo family after the war in the 90s all ratted. The whole family got dismantled. You got the Chin's whole family, after he passed away, you got his grandson and the rest of them, they're all ratting. 
these guys don't do work. They can't even take care of their own inner family. You got Ralph Natale and Philly that ratted, and Leonetti, boss under boss. No one goes finds them. No one does anything. You had Al, Gra Al uh, Diarco with the case of him prior to that, that, that ratted with that boss. And I'll go on with all these guys, right, from each city, Chucky Porter in, in, Chicago, in uh, Pittsburgh. Nobody's hitting any of these guys. Nobody's hitting the guys besides them are ratting. Nobody's hitting. So what kind of mafia are you? You're just a group of mafia, like a gang, that you want to jump a guy when you see him? You want to do it because you're cowards? Because none of you want to go do the, do the time, but you just want to pretend and tell a girl, hey, I'm in a mafia? Because that's basically what they do. They go run around the, the, the broads and tell them that they're gangsters. I'm a gangster. I don't shoot nobody. I don't kill nobody. I don't stab nobody. Oh, and I don't go to jail. And if I do face five years, I'm going to riot like everybody else. And they wear wires when they're getting straightened out. That's the mafia. Well, you know, I, I expose it. You know, and I know that as long as you're not committing violent offenses and you have some information to give the government, if you're doing all stuff that's just like, like you said, credit card fraud, um, you know, bookmaking, stuff like that, they're going to give you a slap on the wrist and they're going to take all the information you give. You're not going to do no serious time if you're not committing violent offenses. Yeah. They give you, they, they, they cut you a huge break. So that's where it separates, like you said, the wannabes from the real tough guys. Well, you know, there's an Albanian guy that did 30 something years, Alex Rudosh, and people that don't know, I don't, I, I, and I said they made one mistake. These guys went to jail and got 30 something years, basically got set up by the time off when they went after him. And they all went to prison, his whole crew, for 30-something years. Didn't make no money, really. And they made a mistake. You can't go... If the government did something, was very smart, and the street guys should have followed suit. They didn't go after the little peons and the little ants that go get their car and run around and say they're gangsters. Alex should have went after the boss. Anybody that he had a problem with should have went after the boss and just cut their heads off. And that means if you're going to go do 30 years, you might as well have killed the guy because you would have got less time. So instead of chasing after, because there's just too many of these little ants that'll kiss these guys' asses. So you, you should have went after his biggest mistake, and I was saying, I say, I look through history, is you shouldn't have played around with these guys. You should have went right after the boss. We know who the bosses are. I know where 15 of the bosses live. And, you know, my answer would have been, if I'm still and I had a problem, I'm not going after these guys. No one's going to divert me. I would go right after them and tell them, okay, if I have one more incident with any of you guys... I'm not going to bother with these guys. I'm going to go after the boss. I'm going to hurt the boss real bad or kill the boss. That's what Alex should have did. You know, but I got a perspective because, uh, you know, I lived this life. I lived here. Alex had more of an Albanian mentality, I think, than he didn't understand. I mean, he stayed with the monster, but he didn't understand my I, I raised. I was raised with him since I'm three. So I understood what he should have did. And I would never go against them because they were Albanian. So when the, when the Gambino Lucchese families asked me to step in and go against them, Alex and them, I refused them. And, you know, and I, and the same thing on TV. They asked me to host that show with the Albanians and the Italians uh, about the Rudash mob. And I said, no, I'm not doing that either because I won't speak against Albanians. I just think that they had balls, the Albanians just didn't have the understanding. Why are you playing around with these guys? You know who the boss is. If somebody jumps one of your guys, you just go to the boss and tell them, if it happens one more time, we're going to be on your doorstep. That's what they should have done. To go back to so I understand the perspective of these guys and I understand the perspective of back to your original question of drugs and fentanyl on the street. Yeah, I mean, I would say you know, as far as the podcasting goes, you know, you were the pioneer of the mob genre. I mean, you you brought 
you brought it to the you brought it to the YouTube platforms, and now it just you know there's like embers left of what's left of it. I mean, most of the guys out there are just telling fake stories. They're glor- they're glorifying it, making it more of a Hollywood theme. And then you got the basement trolls that are just coming up with their own content, and they got their other basement trolls watching it, and it just turns into this big whole nonsense thing. So-